people always try to take advantage of you and they will always want to buy cheap, but yes. you have to stand for what you do. This is A Smaller Life, a podcast about making more conscious and more ethical choices within our crafts. Hosted by me, Saskia de Feiter. I'm a small business owner who wants to grow by going smaller. Together with local makers, I make tools, yarns, and accessories for knitters that want to buy less, buy better, make more, and make it last. Keeping away the overwhelm and all the ridiculousness of overconsuming within our crafts. In the podcast, I endeavor to answer the question we ask ourselves before we start a project. What do we buy? Where do we buy? Who do we buy from? Or don't we buy at all? But use what we already have. Because when you think about what you do, you take more time and end up with less of everything. As a result, you'll get a smaller life. Time for a message from our sponsor. AM Art and Stationery is fresh and crispy like a new sheet of white paper before you take out your snazzy fountain pen and write about your heart's desires. Whether you'll be writing a love letter or if you are reconnecting with a long-lost friend, amstationery.com has got the most amazing hand-drawn and hand-lettered designs. My favorites are in the Galaxy collection. The letterhead sheets can even be customized with your initials. And if you need a custom order, Ali can do it. If you want to order, but if you don't have anyone to write to, she's got you covered. AM Stationery's pen pal matching service will match you to your new best friend. You can write about letters and pens and papers and inks and, oh gosh, I think I need a match too. Plant your flag at amstationery.com and land some of those moon papers right now. Monique Boonstra is joining our conversation on pricing your knitting or knitted products. As a professional and extremely skilled lace knitter and designer, she wants to share her experience on how she gets the right price and how she works with customers that actually will pay what her designs are worth. Monique has been asked by museums to replicate intricate lace pieces. She's an expert on Shetland lace knitting and just a very smart and lovely human in general. She's been super generous in sharing her knowledge when she prepared a masterclass for our Conscious Knitting Club. And part of this waterfall of insights and information I really needed to share with you as it's such an important story to tell. In our membership, the Conscious Knitting Club, we connect to other knitters that are working on building a more conscious knitting practice. Working with the idea that making informed decisions with curated information will lead to more focused and more relaxed knitting, and that results in projects with more meaning and value. You can sign up via community.ja-wol.com. See you there, and have fun with Monique. Hi, Monique. So great Hi. to have you. Welcome. Nice to be in here. Our, Thank you for having me. A couple of weeks ago, I asked some questions about uh, fair pricing for professional knitters, hourly wages and such, and uh, you were one of the people that reacted. We could go back quite a few years, and I admire you as a designer and a maker, especially just the amount of knowledge that you have and skill is mind 
boggling to me uh, because Thank it's you. so far out of my own knitting world. It's it's not something I do still. <laughs> so I'm excited that you're here. If you can start by saying who you are and what your profession is, and we'll take it from there. Okay. Well, I'm Monique Boonstra. I live in the Netherlands. I'm 51 and a half, and I'm a Shetland lace knitter and spinner. And um, it was great to be invited. I reacted to your post because I wanted to make it my sort of battle to fight the stereotypes that people have about knitting and especially wages in knitting. So I reacted to it and then you invited me to explain myself a bit more. And here I am. I've been knitting for, well, since I was perhaps eight or nine. And it was just uh, ridges and garter stitch and all. And then I proceeded to uh, grow up and do a little bit more difficult things in lace, um, making a vest of some sort. And then um, I didn't knit for a while because I started sewing. Uh, making clothes and everything and then um, I got kids and then I decided to become a garden designer and I did that for a while and um, I must say I'm still having benefits from that because I was a starter entrepreneur and I was able via the chamber of commerce to do some um, events uh, as a participant, not as a teacher, and learned things about being an entrepreneur. And the main thing I learned was just like Ravelry later, to make a double um, administration. So when the computer is down, I can still look up things. So since then, I always have a little book and I make notes every day for what I do and um, how I do it and what materials I use and yeah, all the things you usually uh, insert on your Ravelry page, I also have on paper. So I can look back, uh, I can pick up a book and see what I did in 2017. Um, then I started to make things with knitting and people liked it. And uh, the teacher of one of my sons uh, asked me to make something for her, a cowl, because the cowl I gifted her was taken by her daughter and she wanted one for herself so she said I will pay you for that for that and I thought oh my god what do I have to ask as usual uh, most people say oh just give me the price of the yarn and uh, I'm having fun so um, that's it and that was my first um, uh, transaction in the knitting world but I thought there must be a better way because usually you never get paid for the amount of work you do. And I can never prove how many hours I've been working on it. I can suck on my thumb and put my feet up and charge and charge and charge without doing anything. And because the people that get the knitting usually don't knit for themselves, they don't have no clue how much time it took to make it. So. Um, my dear friend, Angelique from the Wolhemel, she asked me to knit her shawl. And by then, uh, the first stitch and bitch in Holland was an event. And I went there and I got familiar with uh, lace knitting and fine lace knitting and yarns that I've never seen before. And um, when she asked me to knit that shawl, she paid me in wool. And that was fine by me because, again, I got something new that nobody else had yet. And then um, a bit later, 
um, I got familiar with the Habsolu Shahs. They um, had a very old book and I was searching on Ravelry and I got it. It's called Pizzilliset Kukiriat and it's got the oldest um, patterns in Shetland of in Estonian knitting uh, on paper and I had a field day. But what I uh, read with Google Translate is that the Estonian knitters invented nuts so they could use more yarn in a shawl and then it got weighed and they were priced accordingly. Wow. So the more nuts, the more yarn, the more you got paid. And Can I you thought, explain what a nub is? Oh, a nub. A nub is a little bubble. Oh, I haven't got an example here. It's fine. It's just uh, okay. A it's a, it's a, it's a, like um, a bit more stitches in one stitch. So you get uh, nine loops, or sometimes eleven or thirteen loops in one stitch, and one loop can be up to one and a half centimeters. So in one knob, eight centimeters, and when you have a hundred knobs, that's eighty centimeters, and. Um, I have made a shawl and it had more than 1200 nubs. So I got paid more. So I thought when I start my business in 2009, that is the way to go. I cannot prove how many hours I've worked on it, but I can prove by putting it on a scale to see how many yards of meters of yarn I've used. And when I put a price to that, perhaps someone will pay. And they did. Anyway, um, then I had to think, um, what will be the rate? And then I thought, there are several techniques. I have to have several rates. So I have rate one, that's knit row, purl row with lace. Then I have rate two, which is knit uh, row, purl row with beads or knobs. And then I have rate three, and that is knit in pattern, uh, return knit in pattern, which is Shetland lace. And recently I added a fourth rate, is gossamer. That's so thin, it has to be flawless. Otherwise I can't um, pick it back because the yarn is so thin or um, the pattern is a bit more difficult. If you want to build or grow your business in textile crafts, why don't you join our online community for the small monthly contribution of only 10 euros, which is basically $10-ish. You get to hang out, learn from, and share your business and your personal craft journey with all the lovely people there. Support the podcast at the same time, and you get everything wrapped into one loving package. I would love to welcome you there. Go to patternshift.fm and click community. And while you're there, sign up for our emails so you'll never miss a thing. Are these uh, rates um, for um, the whole shawl? Or yeah. are you... Uh, no, it's a section. Yeah, it, it, it could be a mix and match because some parts in the shed of in a Habsalu shawl with knobs, there are parts in my design uh, that uh, are just plain knit rows and just lace. So I think there's a certain percentage of uh, nubs and then a certain percentage of plain knit. Then I do 24, uh, 2060, 2080, something like that. Then because I had that 
educational day with the Chamber of Commerce, I, and when I was a garden designer, I learned that administration is very important and I had to keep up with what I did. So I had that book with every note I had so I can look back what I did and how many um, days or evenings I worked on it. And um, I decided that um, what I had to put on the bill, when someone buys a shawl, I need to make a bill and that says um, what you have to pay. So there was not only a rate, but also the price for the yarn and post-its and package for sending it to me. Then there was sometimes a price for a pattern because I've bought it on Ravelry. Then there is post-its and package to send the shawl to the customer. And then there was um, the price for taxes. So um, just imagine that when I started, I asked about 12 cents per knitted meter. That was rate one. And then rate two was 14 cents per knitted meter. And rate three was 16 cents per knitted meter. So when a shawl has 800 meters, I do that times 12 cents. And that is what I charge the people for my knitting instead of an hourly rate of $10 because it might be 300 hours and it will be very expensive and nobody will pay that. But um, the thing is, when I knit the same shawl in a different yarn, the price will be different too. So when I knit a shawl in sock yarn, the price will be cheaper because sock yarn is thicker, fatter, uh, I don't know, bulkier. And so you get length quicker. When I knit with Gossamer, I can knit 20 rows and I've only got three centimeters. But with sock yarn, it's already 12 centimeters. So you get length quicker. So therefore the sock yarn shawl is cheaper than the Gossamer shawl. Um, then I was in the car with my son driving home, listened to BNR Radio, which is a business radio channel in, the, in Holland. And um, because I was not educated as an entrepreneur and not schooled in administration, I needed to learn and, and listen to as much people as I can to get ahead. Anyway, there was a man on there and he was uh, from Spiker Cars. And he was building cars by hand. And I thought I have to listen because now I... I'm working with my hands and I want to listen what he has to say. Luckily, it was a very good interviewer because he asked, on how do you decide on the price? And the answer was, it depends on how many cars I can make a year. So that was my goal. How many shells can I make in a year? And apparently it's 18 sometimes or sometimes two because you know, life happens. And um, then I decided that was a good guideline. And the um, sad thing was I didn't raise my rates every year. So my rates were stable for um, the first five years because I didn't have many commissions. And the commissions came because I was very busy with social media. That's a very important thing because I didn't have a shop. I didn't have a web shop. It was only Ravelry and my blog. And um, 
back in 2006 when I started, I did a lot of networking by visiting other people's blogs and always, 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 always left a comment. So I wasn't aware of it then, but people got to know me. They got to know my work. They visited my blog. So in the end, I got a whole network of people visiting me, knowing me and uh, linking my name to Lace. So people started calling me the mistress of Lace, the queen of Lace. And um, I never call myself that. But anyway, because of that blog, people started talking from, oh, she makes such nice things. And people I didn't even know came to me and asked me if I could um, knit them a shawl. And because social media was limited to blogging and um, I believe I had Twitter already and Ravelry, I didn't spend much time on the internet. People came to me. I didn't have to ask for a commission. And um, because I wrote about the commissions I got on my blog, other people thought, hey, I want that too. And then I was invited to teach by uh, Jeanette and the Breidagen and the Handwerkbeurs in Zwolle. And then you meet other makers and potential customers. But um, sadly, the thing is, when you see something that's knitted um, and you talk to a knitter, uh, the first thing they think, oh, I can do that myself. Yeah, so that's one lost customer. But the thing is, they might know someone who isn't a knitter. And then they talk, I saw Monique and a highlight of one of my um, events was that I was in the crowd um, before the entrance and I'm pretty tall, so I stand out anyway, but I'm rarely on internet with my face. And back then, not even with my face. So they knew me, they saw my work, they knew about it. And I was standing behind two women and they said, you have to go to the stand by Monique. She has such lovely lace. And I thought, you should know that I'm right behind you. <laughs> and this was not the one, the, the only time that happened. There were people that told me we were in a crowd and I thought, you have to go to see Monique. And they came and told me. It's so funny also because, um, I don't know, but lace is a specific, uh, has a specific look to it. And you might connect it with another type of person because... Uh, they saw you inside the fair, but um, you also ride a motorcycle. So you're not the kind of typical person that people would connect to lace. Mm -hmm. so that's, uh... oh, a very tall girl from 1,88 88 or six feet two that, that handles uh, very fine needles and even fine yarn. So, um, yeah, the thing that I wanted to tell you most about was not only that... Um, I don't think it's wise when you start a business to um, let people take advantage of your enthusiasm yeah? because you like it, you want to do it, and that's okay. And that should be a part of starting a business, but you have to be smart about it too. And um, because I had a gardening design uh, business uh, twice before that, I was the first entrepreneur in my family. Um, so I had no help from anyone else at first, but um, my family always promoted me anywhere. And my mom always said when she was somewhere, she always wore one of my designs or my shawls. And the thing with internet 
is it's more powerful than you think in uh, the way that when people ask my mother, where did you get that shawl? She always said the internet. She never said my daughter made it because people would then think, oh, that's not okay. Oh, it's your daughter. Oh yeah, right. And when you say the internet, people get interested and then she popped out a card and people would, um, yeah. And that brought me love on the edge design. So that was very, uh, very handy. Um, Family support is, of course, very important because sometimes you need a bit of capital to get started with a printer or with a program to make your knitting patterns and um, to get around. But because uh, before I had my motorcycle, I used the car of my man, but my man is always uh, on the road with his travels. And I didn't always have the car, but we had to plan that I had the car when I had a workshop or a meeting or an event. And later on, I got my motorcycle, so now I can go whenever I want. Um, still have to plan it though, but anyway. Um, so family support is always needed because you need um, someone to resonate your ideas with too. And that is very important because sometimes you have a bright idea, but when somebody came, comes in from a different angle, you can improve your idea. And in my little corner of the knitting world, it's not always very easy because um, the lace that I do now is very fine. And there are not many people who do it because there's always brioche and mosaic knitting and fade knitting. And I don't have hordes of indie dyers running behind me because I designed a new sweater or a new shawl and they want to get in on it because somebody might want to have that yarn to make that design. So I had to do it on my own. And the sad thing for me was that, that there were a very, very limited amount of shops that carried my yarn because of the lace. Um, when I buy a sweater, I buy for a hundred dollars or a hundred euros and maybe a bit more because I'm so tall and I need sleeves. And um, with lace, I come, I buy a comb with barely 50 grams on it and you don't see me for three months. So a wool, wing, a wool shop can't handle that. And I began uh, to work finer and finer. And so I had to go abroad to make sure I got the yarn because in Holland, it's not viable to have that yarn because your yarn shop won't survive. So if you want to start a business, you have to make sure you know where to find your resources. How stable are they? When I had a blog, I um, had a line with shops on the side bar of my blog. And when you're in that blog, in that sidebar, I know you are uh, a stable shop. You have um, good postage and package. The pictures are always true. The quality is very high and good enough to make sure that all the effort that you put in uh, comes out and you'll be happy to wear it because that's important. And when you sell it, it needs to um, be of such high quality that when I wear a white blouse, there's no red imprint of the shawl in my red in my white blouse that can happen it hasn't because i rinsed it six times but it can happen so he was that was out of my uh, sidebar so I, I always make sure that i had very good resources and i made contact with the dyers or with the handlers to make sure that when i got stuff it was good quality because my name is attached to what i sell 
Dr. Phil always says, it takes a thousand attaboys to erase one bad comment. And my reputation is, let me be very, very honest here. I want to be liked, please. But I also want to deliver good quality that when you see the shawl in your closet, you want to wear it again and again and again. And perhaps maybe come back. That's important. So you have to know who you're selling to. Also, um, what I saw on your Instagram, the comments that all oh, the people I know won't buy it or won't pay that much for that stuff. That's true. That was true. That will be true. Because the people that you know are probably not able to afford such expensive work. And that's okay. You can give them a discount. That's okay too. But there are always people willing to buy something a bit more expensive, hence a bit more exclusive that they can show off to their friends or parents who want to gift something to their children or their daughter who has having a piano recital and needs to be on stage and wants to have something exclusive on her shoulders. So that's very important. It's not always the people you know that will buy your stuff. You need to step out of your world. And um, I did adverts in uh, Brian magazine. Or people uh, asked me when I was at the Brian event, can I have your number for my magazine? And I will call you and we talk later. Or I had in uh, Norderland, that's a magazine for the top of Holland. And it was such a small little picture. It got me one client, but she took 12 shawls. Wait, so, I have to, I have to, sorry. 12? Yeah. Did she have 12 bridesmaids? No. She just wanted shawls. She bought yarn at Wilbert's house. And she went over yeah. the dike, over the Asla dike. Yeah. She bought yarn, sent it to me. I knit her shawl. She wears a shawl. I love these stories. I'll shut up again. Yeah. And then, as I told recently, I'm very camera shy. Um, I was asked again, not promoting myself or getting in the way of someone, by the dear, dear Andrea from Fruity Knitting. She asked me because she had an item on lace and she found my name and she asked me if I wanted to do an interview. I was scared to death, just like I am now and out of breath. Anyway, I couldn't sleep for weeks. I was well prepared. I had all my stuff around. I was very worried. It was a warm day. And um, yeah, it brought me so much. It brought me again, one client, and I'm at the eighth shawl now. And that's also number 100 on my commission. I checked yesterday and I've done 100 commissions so far. But it took me 13 years. So um, not to toot my own horn, but it's when this shawl is done, it will be uh, uh, 79 kilometers of yarn I worked on commission. And that's apart from all my private projects. That's amazing. Well done, Monique. It's, It's amazing what two fine little needles and a bit of yarn can bring. I'm still amazed myself because I went to Shetland, I taught on Shetland, I've been to Belgium, I've been to uh, Rotterdam, I've been to Groningen, I've been to Veendam, I've been to North Holland, 
I've been everywhere. It's been so much fun. And um, I always have to uh, remind myself because I was aware of it back in 2015 that I was riding a wave and I was on top of the wave because I uh, spent so much time and I always uh, explained it to people because my husband is always away from work, uh, from home for work. He's an international truck driver. And back then he was always gone for two weeks at a time. So I might as well do something fun on the couch and, and make myself a nice show. And um, because I had so much time, a good, I'm not a quick knitter, I just knit a lot. And um, that got me on top of the, that wave. And I was asked to teach and I did well, apparently, because I got asked a lot. And in the best year, I got more than nine workshops in one year. So that was at least once a month that I got to travel all around the world, uh, world my little world, um, and, um, and tell people about lace. And then Ravelry and Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram um, made people aware of other techniques. And um, yeah, since then it has dropped. I haven't given a class in, in years now. And because other techniques are very interesting too, and lace is just slow, but it, I'm was assured by some people it will last longer. And um, I'll, I'll go with that. And now I've got my own Facebook group. I was very, very, very surprised that no one had started it. But um, three years ago, I started the Find Settlement Lace group on Facebook. And I've got over 6,000 members. Wow. And I think uh, the, the algorithm from Facebook that says, if you like this, you might like that. And people still choose to be a member and look around. And, and some people are delighted. They say, they say oh, I finally found someone who does what I do and uh, knows about it. Or I want to learn. And um, I do need to say it's a skill you need to want to learn because it's not easy. And um, there are people who are uh, dedicated knitters, I call them, because they have one project and stick to it till it's done. And there are people like me who have 14 projects on the needles who just might one get done and um, because I have a deadline. And I, in those 100 commissions, I think I missed four deadlines. So... Um, sadly, good. the one I'm working now on now is um, missing the deadline hardcore because of Corona and work. And um, yeah, the lady is very, very kind. She allows me all the time I have uh, need to um, finish it. And in the meanwhile, I must say I also knitted a vest and a sweater. So but she gives me that she allows me for that. So that's OK. Um, yeah, that's it. What can I do? How many can I make? What will I charge? And who is going to buy it? Those are the most four uh, important points. And yeah, also I want to, um, how do I say this? Give people the confidence to do it because most of the time, the one on the couch is knitting and sometimes it's a man beside you. I don't know your personal situation, but oftentimes there's someone, person sitting next to you on the couch 
completely oblivious to all your creations or to all your hard work and the cursing and having to stay silent because you're counting and having to wait for you to come up to bed because you have to knit one more row. All those platitudes are okay and they're fun. And my husband knows them already. So please, you're better than you think you are. You can do it. Almost nobody is as crazy as I am. Please remind yourself that I knit every day, every day for hours. So I always compare it to playing a piano. I see something or I hear something and I can do it in lace because I know the building blocks. I know how it's built. I know how it's worked for lace. Anyway, brioche, I'm completely <laughs> Me too. unknown. Yeah, I can't do it. But Monique, um, the, would you say you have a talent or is what you're saying right now is it it's because I've studied it and I understand it? Um, both. Hmm. Because I grew up in the 70s and the 70s in the Netherlands was crea bea. It was uh, crafting all the way. My mom and I did hardcore. Everything was in the handwerken zonder grenzen. Mm-hmm. We did spinning, weaving, hand dyeing with plants, with anything. We did, um, my mother did not sew clothes because she couldn't handle machines and she can't even drive a car. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's the same thing. Um, so the seed was planted early, yeah. but then you have to cultivate it. You have to grow it. And I did sewing. I did drawing in, in my art uh, period. I went to art school for four years. Um, I made furniture, I did clay, I did uh, screen printing, etching was my favorite. And um, when it was time, my daughter was born, it was time to start lace knitting again. And then I went off the rails. Mm. And I think I have had music lessons, so that's why it's easy for me to compare it to, because I learned to play the piano. Um, Because... Um, I see patterns, I see repeats, I see, um, I also compare it to Lego because it's building blocks and you're building a wall with all those blocks. And when you have a rhythm and yeah, it's basically easy. like computer language, zeros and ones. Like even when you look at a, a knitting chart, it kind of looks like. Yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always try to explain it that way to people that have no and knitting mm-hmm. interests mm-hmm. so like like music notes and, yeah. and computer well the the music is the most relevant for me because uh, music has rhythm too yeah. and people always mo- uh, the majority of people um, sing the quality I li- leave it to them <laughs> I can't sing I want to I do but I can't sing I can't keep tone anyway um, and and the rhythm is very important because you have short repeats uh, sometimes five stitches, sometimes 20, sometimes eight, 58 mm-hmm. in my big shawl. And um, once you get the hang of that and you can read your knitting, like what the wall is, what you did before, the rows, mm-hmm. then you can assume what will happen next. Yeah. And I always, I've, what I said, I do three, four hours a day and on Sunday a bit extra. Um, I have no life. I always uh, go to my grandkids on Monday and that's it. 
Um, I work as a mail uh, delivery person in a, four times a week. So I get my um, bit of movement and fresh movement, air and yeah. then I sit down and go knit. Yeah. And yeah, so things are in my head. I recognize them. I see them. I don't even know if I'm on the wrong or the right side because... It doesn't really matter. You react no. to what you're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. So you're reading and, your stitches, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And when you want to start a business, you don't have to be perfect uh, yet. But I can recommend you do. Because um, like in a Rembrandt or in a, a carpet or in a curtain, when you see a little flaw, it pops out. Because the rhythm is gone. And when you knit, uh, want to knit a shock, for a friend that might be okay but when people pay for it even though they don't know knitting they can spot the flaw because the rhythm is gone so you have to try to be perfect and that's very important i think that's a really interesting uh thing because i've always thought people that even in a kimono and in a persian rug mm -hmm. um, there are mistakes there on, on purpose uh, because mm -hmm. of more spiritual reasons because nobody is there's only one person perfect and that's certainly mm -hmm. not a human um, no I know but I see what you mean and especially in lace but in lace you have no choice because when you make a mistake it travels and uh, it's not just one mistake you cannot get back to your rhythm Mm -hmm. um, that's probably why I never pers persevered, uh, because I'm not saying I can't do it. I can if I put, mm -hmm. if I mm -hmm. choose to. If you want to, if yeah, I if want, you to. want to, absolutely, yeah. yes. Um, and a little bit curious also about those customers and those commissions, uh, because you have to find them from without, uh, from without the knitting world. So the people that follow you are basically, um, it's a wide group of people because you design knitting patterns for knitters and you take commissions. So you already told me a little bit or told us a little bit about the um, advertising. I'm so curious, is there a kind of person that buys a lace shawl? Is it at a certain age? Are they all brides? Um, can no, you? No. Um, the lady that took that 12 shawls, she was um, a, a regular customer in a knitting store because she already could knit. But I was a bit quicker and I've done complicated things and I've done things that I thought, this is just plain rose, please. Yeah. But she wanted it. And even though I sometimes try to stop her, so from please, um, I'm, I'm not trying to be rude but you can do it yourself you're, you're a good knitter <laughs> yeah. but she, she wanted my name attached to it oh, wow. and um, via Angelique van der Wolhemel um, she knew someone who was going to be married and she uh, recommended me because I was already knitting finer yarns mm -hmm. so I was able to knit her Shetland shawl and um I think the most important thing was that I could keep my deadlines because um, for Nick from um, the Save Kata, she mm -hmm. wanted to get married and she didn't have the time to knit the shawl. Right. And she wanted a certain type of shawl 
and I only had three weeks and I did it. Yeah. And it was the dragon shawl. It was very complicated. Oh, 19 sets of one. different type of stitches. Yeah. But I was fascinated because I wanted to meet the deadline. Yeah. And I can't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> then you, you have, have to know your skills and your time and, mm. and your confidence in fun. what can I do? And um, it resulted that I got a commission to knit uh, an apron for the museum in Friesland. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gineke uh, was the curator there and Lorette uh, recommended me or something happened without me because I'm sometimes a copycat. Like I told, when I see something, oftentimes I can make it. And I did. Yeah, that's yeah. so amazing. I think you you definitely have a gift but you're also a very hard worker mm -hmm. and you're very Dutch in a way that you're like let's just get to work and we'll, yeah. I want to fix this I want to yeah. see how this works and yeah um but it's also to grow as a knitter because you want to see if you can do it yeah yeah like um I know you're a skier or, or a snowboarder you want to take that hill you want to yeah. see if do it yeah. and the feeling you get from ah oh, i did it and then payment is not important every, anymore because you get a good feeling of something you finished and then you get nice comments that's what i want to add social media is now very very important so now a lot of things um, need to be on social media for you to get customers mm. people don't know because they are bored or they want to see something unique and they go on Instagram and mm -hmm. they click and they click or on Pinterest and then they find you. And like Irina in America, she found me and she's my best test knitter along with Monique. She sells yarn and then you meet most awesome people and they tell people and I got a customer in America too. I got um, to knit a shawl for June Hyatt. She's a very famous knitter and book writer she knit she wrote a sort of knitting bible with all stitches she knew i think and that amazes me most that knitters ask you to knit them things but at the same time it shouldn't amaze me because i'm that kind of person <laughs> I'm, I'm not knitting yeah, but, um uh, the the thing i did most most commissions were also for shops because like i said right. i made my deadline they yeah. got a new yarn uh, lace was hot and yeah. um, they asked me, I, I've knit for, when I was on a fair, I could point out the shops and they had yeah. my shawls on display. And yeah, because um, I must say, uh, accentuate this too. I'm not tied to a yarn. I'm yeah, not right. tied to a needle, uh, no, no Knit Pro or Lana Grossa or something. I only work with those. Yeah, I only work with Lana Grossa, but that's me. Mm -hmm. It's not said that it can't be bamboo or uh, carbon or anything else. Yeah. Um, and because I'm yarn free, I can choose whatever I want. And yeah. when someone in a shop asked me to knit with her um, Rowan, that's mm -hmm. okay. And yeah. when you asked me to knit with Cowgirl Blues, that's okay too. They don't yeah. clash and I yeah. still get a nice design. Yeah. Yeah. So um, would you say, I think all these techniques, right. In the, in the, in the knitting world, I started my blog, I saw knits it again, uh, almost at the same time as yours, I think. So mm -hmm. we go back all that time and uh, we've seen in that time, like peaks of trends 
Um, and I think it was such, it was a beginning, there was a group and they started knitting and then they figured out that people in America were using circular needles. So we were all circulars and then we were all moving, not you, I know, not you. <laughs> <laughs> and then we all moved our yarn to the left side, not me yeah. either. You did? No, yeah. you did but it was trend after trend after trend and then yeah. we got the, the chunky knits and then we got the color challenge and then we got the uh, speckles next uh, speckles then I mean it's trend after trend after trend and there's always a new group of people coming in and they ride on the wave that's happening at that time yeah and then um do you feel that the contemporary knit hobby knitters now uh, are they open to lace knitting or do they see it as um, like a heirloom thing? Do you think it will yeah, be a trend? Yeah, I know. I, know. Um, I think lace will be always um, there. Yeah. Um, recently, I got acquainted with Jennifer and one of her designs was knit by uh, Andrea from the Fruity Knitting Podcast. Mm -hmm. And she now integrates uh, lace sleeves with the ferrule body yeah it um i do think lace will always be there it was always there it will always be i will fight for that tooth mm. and nail because i think it's very important and overlooked and i uh, have struggled with that fact uh, and still i'm struggling because it's such a um broad yet niche corner mm. yeah, the, exactly. the addicted to knitting group on, on Facebook is 78,000 and the lace knitting is 6,000 yeah. so um, it will always be there but it's just um, I think the biggest hurdle is still the yarn shop yeah. if it's not there they don't I try agree. I can, I can uh, cont a contest to that of how do you say that mm -hmm. because I hardly had any lace because people were not buying it it wasn't and fast when you don't enough. show it I worked as a cleaning lady for 12 years because that's why I got into lace knitting because all that um, ringing of the yeah. cloth before yeah. cleaning and after cleaning ruined my wrists I have carpal tunnel syndrome mm. so I could only hold lightweight my yeah. heaviest shawl is 250 gram so <laughs> and that's um 80 by 80 or six feet square so yeah. um the thing is when you uh don't show it people don't know it when i was a cleaning lady there was a, a curtain uh, a curtain um a, a skirt in the yeah. on the rack yeah it hung there for months I've seen it because I was cleaning. It hang in the shop for one day. It was sold out. People driving by on their bicycles called up and said, I saw that skirt in the window. I mm -hmm. want it in my size. Can I pick it up later? I should yeah. have known. I, I shouldn't have been starting with shawls. I should have knitted sweaters because they <laughs> sell better. People can buy houses when they sell a design. Yeah. I did start with, people, with a lot of lace though. I did start yeah. with, I had mm -hmm. bunches and bunches of lace, but it took so long. Um, yeah, it takes up space. It takes, takes up um, money. Uh, money because you have to sell. Uh, um, you have to buy it. No, you have to uh, put it in the shop before you have to buy it. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how, how do you call it? Inkopen. Yeah, buy. 
yeah, okay. And then <laughs> when it's on display, people think, oh, I didn't know it was there. Yeah. Let me try it. Yeah. And then they find out it takes up 20 times more than a sweater in time yeah. and 50 more efforts for the first 10 rows. So then they think, nope, not for me. No. So and you I, have to I, want to do it. Yeah. And it's a little bit, a little part of me is also, I'm not against trends because I, I love mm -hmm. that new people and younger people are starting knitting, but oh, I'm going on a limb here. Like, bragging about your knitting has a lot to do with what kind of yarn, what kind of uh, designer you follow, what kind of patterns you have you knit the latest design of this of this person. Yeah. It's the worst not thing as much I, like on a certain level. I mean, yeah. the worst thing I saw was the uh, Christy Glass podcast. She's a brilliant girl. She goes on travels and she vis visits yarn shops or mm -hmm. yarn designers or um, knit designers. So you get to know them just like we do now. Yeah. And then she asks you for your yarn story and then she goes to the shop. And my most eye-opening moment was when uh, Christy, Kirsty, uh, walked into the shop, saw a rack and just like that went, Oh, we have a Stephen West, we have an Andrea Maori, we have a Isabel Kramer, we have ah, 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 ah. I think, and now I know why my shawls are not in the top 20 on Ravelry yeah. because it's too busy at the top and everybody can knit a sweater and not everybody wants to do what I do. And it was so yeah. eye opening, I cried. Yeah, I, I can, really cried because I, I knew so I would never be on that rack. Yeah. Never. Yeah. I because believe the yarn you, shops I, I, don't show yeah. it and then you don't know it. Yeah, that's true. At the same time, you've also really made um, uh, a really nice picture of uh, the niche, like the specific thing that you do. There's There will always be people looking for that specific thing. And in the end, the world is full of people as long as you reach those you're set. And that's where the marketing comes in and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. also said it yourself, when you um, expect the people that are in your group to be your uh, customers, then it's going to be kind of uh, mm -hmm. complicated. Mm -hmm. Sometimes your customers, you cannot even think of who they are and where they no. are and where they come from. And so it's like people buying art, they have to appreciate yeah. your work. And I often get accused of making art and in a way it is because it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of skill and then you have something to wear and um but there are always people who will appreciate it and it's like i always uh, compare it to um supermarkets mm -hmm. like you go some people go to the aldi they will never buy my stuff they want to and mm -hmm. someone saves up for it maybe someone wants it And she saved up a whole year to take my workshop. And there are people who are Albert Heijn, uh, class A supermarkets, and um, can easily buy everything on the rack. And there are also people, Bayekorf, mm. who are wealthy and don't care if whatever. And um, I cannot ever watch and want to watch what someone has in their wallets. No. I don't know what they can afford. I'm not counting on it. They have to make the choice. I just offer an option. Yeah. Um, I have the luxury that people come to me and sometimes I have to advertise. And, um, but 
in my Instagram and usually on my blog before I did this, it's always, I tell you what I do. I show you how I do it. I tell you the results. Sometimes people will wait and then they can't keep their mind off it and then they come back. Yeah, yeah. I want to finish by asking you, because you said, I look at the year, how many shawls can I knit in a year and go from there? Is it possible as a lace knitter, and you don't have to tell me the amounts you ask for, for shawls, but is it possible to make it into a living? Can you even, can you like fit that into a year? No, no, because, um, because I have that administration um, of, in my books, I not only count uh, rows, but then I count stitches. So um, a few years back, I counted when my husband did all the chores and the cooking, I could knit 11,000 stitches a day. That's a lot. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I will never be able to knit as fast as a Shetland knitter. Mm. I do try, but I'm so set in my ways that I can, yeah, I, I can't go any faster. Yeah. So when I knit for four hours a day, five, usually I start at seven and, and uh, at one o'clock at night because I'm a night person. Um, I can knit five to 6,000 stitches, sometimes seven, sometimes three. Um, How many I are in a, in a shawl? In a lace shawl? Yeah. Yeah. They're so different. Everyone's so different. Yeah. But to get well, an the idea... biggest has a half a million. And but <laughs> usually uh, um, my latest design was, I believe, 300,000. Yeah. So it takes weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. obviously you have to take care of your body as well. Yeah. You can't just, you're not a machine. I, I wear gloves when I ride my bike. Mm. I wear gloves when I'm at my work. I wear gloves in the kitchen mm. because um, the crofters in Shetland, when they mm. knit fine lace, they didn't have to do the work in the garden or at the sheep. They were just uh, preparing their hands so they will be fine and smooth to not snag at the yarn yeah. because it's so fine. Yeah. So I have a nail file. I have a clipper. Yeah. I usually keep them very short yeah. and I I uh, use cream for my hands so they don't dry out. So I do take really good care of my hands because that's my work. Yeah. When do you wear your lace shawls? Well, I can't wear them all because um, some are uh, in my shop. Mm. But um, yeah, that's... um, But I remember you telling me that you just... just take it and you frommel, you put yeah, it yeah. around your neck and you yeah. wear it when you go on your bike as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's so crazy to me. Like you're really fine lace shawls. Yeah. I, I wear those too warm. Yeah. 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 Because nice. um, I have, what, what else must I do? It's like jeans, you wear them and yeah. when they get broke, you, it's, it has been a nice ride and then you make something new or you buy something new so um, it's a product that needs to be used because otherwise what's the use yes what's the use exactly yeah. what's right. the use Monique thank you so much you've given us so much yeah. insight in thank you uh, the position of the professional knitter and mm-hmm. specifically for a lace knitter 
Um, Thank you for everyone listening and being there and knitting and keeping uh, the technique alive because it's very important. Even uh, the, yeah, the Corona crisis wasn't very uh, good for us, but we, yeah, but we got to crafting again, so that's okay. That's true. That's true. Thank you. I love that Monique is so passionate about getting the right price. I hope you are starting to believe in paying and asking for the right price too. I love to hear your thoughts on this topic and any other ideas you might have. Please leave your messages on our show note page by clicking the record button to leave a voice message. Have a happy day. Bye. This show was edited by Ali McLaughlin. In return, I made an ad for her brand new website, AM Art and Stationery at amstationery.com. If you want to sponsor an episode, you can get in touch via info at ja-wol.com or select a tier on our Patreon page. You can find all the information on our website. I'm only asking for the cost to make this show at this point so I can break even. So this is kind of your chance. I hear we're big in Taiwan and currently in the top 10 in multiple European countries in leisures and crafts. We're number 129 in the States, but still, we're growing and gaining a bigger audience every time we bring out a new episode. So take your chance, reach your people, and spread your message. A Smaller Life is more than just a podcast. It's connected to Yavol, an indie yarn and tool shop from Rotterdam in the Netherlands, with an online community that's all about bringing back the consciousness in our crafting practice and businesses. The website is www.ja-wol.com. Find our conscious products, learn more about the free community and sign up for our Conscious Knitting Club membership and our weekly newsletter. You can follow me on Instagram at Rotterdam. If you're a regular listener, consider making a monthly contribution and becoming a sponsor through our Patreon page. If you're able to make a financial contribution, it will mean a lot. The show is free for you, but it's not free to produce. If you own a business that fits the narrative, I will happily make a mini commercial for you. If you are a maker, small business owner, or otherwise experienced in running a business with a conscience, or know someone that fits the description and want to tell my listeners about your experiences, get in touch with me via the website or send me a DM on Instagram. Knowing more and choosing with a conscious makes the world better. If you have any questions about an episode or want to leave a note to me and the other listeners, click the button in the latest show notes on the website and talk. One of the easiest things you can do to support the podcast is to leave an honest review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the podcast on the platform of your choice so you'll never miss an episode. And share it in your social network or even just mentioning it over coffee with a friend. I'm only one person and I count on you to help me spread the message. Thanks for listening. Bye.